I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and Stanley Tucci, will you marry me? Oh man, oh, and my name is Colin Drucker, and let's bucket list this bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My bucket list includes marrying Stanley Tucci, specifically Stanley Tucci in Easy A. <laughs> yes. I think that's a very specific brand of the Tooch. The Tooch. As maybe they don't call them, but maybe we'll call them. <laughs> we'll call them that, sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, it already sounds annoying, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, it, but, it, but it also has a bit of adhesive on it already, so we really don't have a choice here. It's sticking. Yes. Yeah. I, oh. I, 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 so we are, of course, uh, by, by recommendation of uh, listener Stephen, who uh, spent a long time Mary, so it's, it's nice to kind of have uh, a, familiar, a familiar name in the audience had recommended we recap or we discuss some of the BSA performances of 2010's Easy A. Um, and Where were you in 2010, Colin? Were you I in New York? I was in a movie theater drooling over Stanley Tucci, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was... Um, 2010, yes. So 2010, I was in New York. I had moved to New York in 2007, and then I left in 2008. And okay. went to Australia, and then I came back early 2009. So by 2010, I was like, okay, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to quit this city again for at least another five years. So, sure. uh, yeah, and I think I saw this in theaters. I think this is one of those, you know, I don't remember the, I can't picture the memory, but I can imagine the people I was with. I can imagine it was, a, you know, we probably had drinks beforehand. Like, it was a, this was a great friday or saturday night movie experience in my hazy memory of it yeah i well uh, where the hell was i in 2010 i i think i was at i think i was at in in virginia at bush gardens oh, i worked God. at bush gardens williamsburg for an entire year it was awesome i loved it so much <laughs> Um, um, no, is this? It, this was not Colonial Williamsburg. This was just this like is Colonial Williamsburg. Colonial will you? So were you? What was there any period dress? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was. If you would, because I for, I always forget what college is like right in the heart of Colonial William, Williamsburg. What college is that? Uh, Mary and something. Oh, I'm William and Mary thing. College. William and Mary. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, it's like it's a really beautiful campus. I don't know if any listeners have went there. I I grew to love it because I remember there's a quote from Thirty Rock too that I was watching the other day. It was like something about like it sounds so magical until you get there and it's like terrible. That's not the quote. And mm. then Tracy uh, Tracy Jordan's like 
He says, like Colonial Williamsburg, <laughs> because it sounds cool in theory, and then you get there, and it's really lame. Um, and I remember we went there on a field trip in like high school, and I hated it. And like we were outside of Colonial Williamsburg, not far, but I, I really loved it. I loved the people that I work with. I had like a blast. Um, I, I love Williamsburg. It always has, and, and Virginia too. It has like a special place um, in my heart. Did I say West Virginia initially or Virginia? I think you I just hope said, I said Virginia. You said Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I would have um, definitely noticed and had questions on the West Virginia yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I was there. So I, I had not watched this film when it came out and I had never seen it since. This is the first time I have ever seen this movie. And I think, Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if I told you that last no. week. No, yeah. I thought you were familiar with this. So that's, I mean, I knew it and yeah. I knew like, I feel like I saw like the Stanley Tucci, Patricia Clarkson, like, uh, you know, the kitchen scene, sure. just like them mm-hmm. bantering ever so just lovely back and forth. Um, but that's all I had seen. I had not seen anything else. So it was a joy. I really wow. enjoyed this. Yeah. That's so funny to kind of like go into this. Because I, you know, I kind of went into it knowing, oh, yeah, this was a good movie. And it's the kind of movie where it was like, you know, you're in those situations where you're at somebody's house. And they're like, hey, let's watch a movie. And it's kind of like the bucket list or other Bolin girl situation where, like, you really don't have a choice. And yes. you're like, okay, well, whatever. Like, whatever they put on, that's just the theme of the night. And I feel like Easy A is one of those movies that even if I had seen it before, if that was one of the choices, I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine with that. I'd watch that again. Like, yeah, it has. It has that. Yeah, yeah it has I don't know a what to call that like a rewatchability. It has a yeah. you know. Johnny and I talk about this with like movies that are easy to fall asleep to. And yes. one of the the key ingredients of that is that it has a. There's no like really bombastic parts like i think what's very important is there's never a scene where an alarm goes off for a while or like a phone (laughs) rings for a while uh but it also has parts you know and so you kind of can fall asleep in one chapter you could reawaken in a different chapter like there's i don't know there's something about the fact that it's the movie has chapters that somehow makes it easier to fall asleep to so um as as we describe it on all right mary easy a would be a great sleepy time movie yeah, it definitely is. I, I think that it's just, it's so solid. It reminds me a lot of like Mean Girls in a way, the way she kind of narrates everything, you know, mm-hmm. a strong female lead with red hair. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, you know, Amanda Bynes and the sort of Regina George character sort of slot, I guess. Um, yeah. But it it's like a great snapshot of like the, the 2010s, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it feels... It doesn't feel as dated as I thought it would be, I guess. I because it it does seem a little bit. I'm sure it seemed like. I mean, I guess it, it felt right where it needed to be at the time, as far as like I I I try to pay attention to like the fashion and like what mm-hmm. everyone was wearing and all that other stuff too. But I couldn't. I I would I would say like if I didn't know that this would have taken place, maybe like within like the last five years or something like that too. There's like some subtle hints at like what people were wearing, but and cell phones and stuff like that. Sure. But, uh, but this easily, and like the webcam, yeah. This easily could have come out in twenty seventeen, and it and you wouldn't yeah. have had to change that much. Um, it's and I think in terms of of the dialogue, you know, it's interesting the way that they like, especially Olive. You know, it's just there's, but even you know, uh, Penn Badgley's character or or the mm, gay guy, like, actually. oh yeah, well we'll get there. Um, yes, but. Uh, there's there's sort of an elevated Dawson's Creek quality to the dialogue that mm-hmm. it's uh, it never feels dated because it's all kind of 
it, it's done very purposeful. It's very stylized, you know? And yeah. so it, it doesn't feel like, oh, this is just like things people, scripts that people wrote in 2010 that were funny. It's like, oh, yeah, no, these jokes and this dialogue and this banter is pretty evergreen. Yeah, it has like a, a hint of feminism. It has a hint of like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It has like those 80s, you know, movies. I mean, it quite literally mentions those 80, the 80s movies, like 16 yeah. Candles and everything like that, too. So it's a little, I don't want to say heavy handed, but it does like, it knows what it's doing as far as like uh, kind of reaching, like borrowing, I want to say tropes from other like movies like it, but at the same time, kind of paving their paving its way for like it's not a new genre either too like it did feel what i guess i'm trying to say is it did feel like fresh with all that being said with all of it like kind of taking a little bit from each i think it actually like it's it's like the sum of its parts it really did add up to something um enjoyable it really was like i could totally see this being a sleepy time movie just like if it's on it reminds me of Mean Girls. When Mean Girls is on, like, I kind of just, I don't necessarily stop. Sometimes I will if I have the time and just kind of watch it. But I'm also fine with having it on in the room. Yeah, I think there's also that familiarity factor. There's, like, I don't, like, I have that with the Golden Girls now where it's, like, I don't, I could pay attention and enjoy it. But I could also have it on in the background and enjoy it in a different way. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the know, cast. Oh, go yeah. Ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that it kind of uh, just to, to your point earlier, it and maybe this is just on my mind because we, you know, we've done both of these, you know, Scream and Scream 2 now on R.A. Mary. We just recorded Scream 2 um, Ooh, for Matreon. I know. Yes. I know. So a little sneak preview. Ugh. So I feel like EZA is doing to 80s and even some late 90s, like teen high school comedies, what Scream was doing with horror movies. Like there's yes. a lot of intentional commentary. There's there's things that happen very on purpose. Like you were saying, it's referring to these '80s movies so much, but to the point that it's like, yes, we're actually trying to recreate moments. Yeah, we're gonna have this musical number in the in the end. We're gonna have an ending that is a total homage to you know uh, '80s teen romances. Like it's, I feel like they're making the references so heavy so that they can then like say oh no we're doing this on purpose it's not just a ripoff you know yeah absolutely yeah it's just enough it's like the perfect balance of like the perfect recipe of just taking a little bit and and knowing that they're doing it they're not trying to be shy Mm -hmm. Um, right whether emma stone is like literally mentioning it or it's just like okay this is you know emma stone doing the mohawk in the shower right ferris bueller but i i I liked it i was like it's it's familiar Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, but as you were, as you were saying before, yeah, the cast of Easy oh my A goodness. is, I mean, like, you know, when we kind of first talked about doing this episode, we were like, oh yeah, well, you know, focusing on Patricia Clarkson and Stanley Tucci. I mean, I think Lisa Kudrow is coming in hot as a, that's something yeah, we're talking it's about. It's an interesting character. Yeah, right? I'm excited is, to talk about that. Like, is she the assistant to the BSA? Is she trying to be the BSA? Like, what's... You go, because she's, she's working her ass off in these scenes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's acting so hard. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so we get a, a fairly early career Emma Stone, of course. I think we should start with Emma Stone, who is now Emma Stone, capital E, capital S. You know, yeah. but I feel like this movie, like she had been in Zombieland and a couple other things and the House Bunny. But I think this was the movie that made her... You know, that made her a star, you know, like I think this was the movie where she really popped out. 
Oh, yeah. It's like this is like her like Legally Blonde or, you know, or her Clueless mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. the other movies that kind of just catapult you. And and like it's like I want to call her precocious, but like she was like 22 when she made this. So like she right. was, she was like beyond her years, of course. But like there is something really magnetic about her that really you just kind of settle into like from the get go there because there are so many other people that I see. I don't know. It reminds me, honestly, it reminds me of uh, Lindsay Lohan, too. Like, she's just so natural. You never, like, are worried about her doing, like, a bad job. And she's, like, just perfect in whatever, like, they cast her in. Um, Which I feel like is part of just, like, who Emma and, I guess, Lindsay, too, or formerly Lindsay, um, is. I think, like, in general, too, Emma's a pretty chill gal, you know? I think she's, like... Yeah. Even in Super Bad too. I don't know if you've seen Super Bad, but I really liked her in that too. I think that came after this, or maybe before this. Let that was see. before this. I think that was her other like you know th- yeah. that was like the build up to Easy A was like Super Bad. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She has like just a very you know uh, not to keep referring to All Right Mary, but like when we were talking about Scream Two, I was having a similar feeling about Sarah Michelle Geller, where it's like oh, there's just oh, yeah. this automatic star quality. There's this automatic yes. charisma where. You know, it, it's kind of like what we talk about with BSAs and like that that gay mm-hmm. whistle tone that goes off, or that just that magnetic quality when that person's on screen. And I think with Emma Stone, yeah, it, I, I, it, it was it was a precarious situation to have like a teenager talking like an adult, and yes. that can come off as really precocious. It can come off as really performative. And she nails it. And part of it is because, yeah, yeah, she is an adult. But part of it is because she's just, yeah, she's very charming. I think the... um that whole little segment of her with the the birthday card, the whole montage of her with the birthday card is... uh, I feel like in another actress's hands could have been like, all right, enough, you know? But with her, I didn't get tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. It really works. And there's something, even though... And this is I'm I'm gonna say this, but it's not a diss to Emma Stone too. It's like, but if if I was thinking of other actresses who have that sort of instant likability, star quality, and maybe this is like controversial because it's kind of divided these days. But I think of Anne Hathaway. It always comes back to Anne. Oh sure, um, yeah. I think I think I would rather have Anne than Emma Stone. And I'm trying to think of like why I would prefer to see Anne. I think there's a there's more warmth. To Anne, I guess. Mm. But, like, I don't mind that Emma Stone doesn't have that warmth. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of love that she's a little bit of a tomboy, even though she's, like, this beautiful creature. You know what I mean? I love that she kind of has this lower-pitched... I mean, we love a husky voice. Uh, we love... I, I love so it. So, I'm, I'm not mad at it. I'm just kind of comparing the two. You know, I, I was just thinking, I, is is part of it because Anne Hathaway has to work so much harder to make people like her. I know. <laughs> Which, you know, because she just has that reputation, and I feel like the witches maybe didn't help. I don't know. Uh, uh, I know. Which I still haven't seen. You, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no no shade, Anne. You were, you were featured on this podcast. You are a BSA of the BSP. Yeah. She but has a seat at the table. Completely. Yeah. Completely. But I do feel like that's part of it. I feel like there's actresses like Jennifer Lawrence or Emma Stone who are like the cool girls who are like, I don't have to try to make you like me. You just, I know you like me. And then yeah. there's Anne who's like, no, really, I'm super relatable and like I'm really nice and I'm not what you thought I was at the Oscars. Yeah, exactly. It came true. That's it Anne. came true. It's my Anne. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Um, but yeah, Emma is just, she's great. And she's I, great. I, I still really like her a lot. Um, in almost everything really like i i have like maybe some opinions on la la land but like overall i think she was really great i think that was a weird year 
Um, but that's for another, you know, another podcast yeah. another episode rather. But let's get more into this cast, Colin. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, you know, we'll, we'll, we're building up to the real featured players, but I think it's worth at least mentioning Amanda Bynes. Uh, oh, yeah. Because this was her last movie. Uh, yeah. It said, according to an interview in 2018, she decided to quit acting after watching herself in this film. Yeah. And and it's crazy because obviously Amanda Bynes had a crazy successful career before this. Yeah. From all that to The Amanda Show to, I mean, she oh, was God. in. And, and then it was like, uh, what was it? The, the What I Like About You, I think, was another like Disney series that she had for a couple seasons and. Uh, she's the man and what a girl yes. wants and, and hairspray like she was I mean I know that she's I, I guess Amanda Bynes has also had some substance abuse issues or mental health issues whatever or maybe you know it's could be that it could be just like that is way too much at one time for one person uh, yeah. and you just kind of break under it but it's uh, it is crazy to think that she hasn't done anything in ten years, and in the ten years before that, in the twenty years before that, she was just like so stupid successful. Yeah, she really was. I I thought Hairspray came after Easy A, but it didn't. It came out in two thousand seven. I was just looking that up. Mm. I mean, I have mixed feelings on her as Penny Pingleton. Anyone who has seen the Broadway show knows that. Um, Amanda just wasn't giving me what I want, but mm. uh, in in like the vocal. And I just like, <laughs> did we do an episode on hairspray? No, no. I know. I okay. had a moment up too. I was like, did we? I don't yeah. know. I don't. We have not. We have not. Because uh, um, the thing that made me mad is in that last, in the you can't stop the beat in the last song. They had her in this skin tight dress where she couldn't move at all, and I feel like she's already awkward. It just. I have like a whole list of things about that movie, but I, and I just about Amanda actually in that movie. But I. I do love her <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, I hope well, she's. I hope she's having a very peaceful. 2020 somewhere yeah um, and like honestly i think she's perfect for this i think it's like this mm-hmm. it might seem a little like of a, a cookie cutter role as far as like you know the bitchy christian gal who really is evil and pretends she's not and i it, but it's also really funny and calls them like what does she calls <laughs> as she's like washing her hands she's like just a couple of admitted whores like that's her first line in the movie and i was like yeah. oh yeah I love this. Yeah, she had. There's a there's a sort of cartoon quality about Amanda Bynes that could be off putting, but I think, and maybe when she was younger, it was like, uh, not my brand. But I think you know what, what's interesting about an older Amanda Bynes, and we see it in Easy A, is that she can play that. There's almost a cartoony voice that she has. It gets very kind of like. I can't even I can't even do an example, but there's a way where she's almost over enunciating or it gets a little too wry. Uh where it's like, okay, you're you're doing like a voice on a Disney show or you're doing a voice on a Nickelodeon show right now. But then there's other moments like later in the movie when we see her and I like this. I like that, you know, we see the the real human being who of Marianne and we see her, you know, upset about Micah or whatever. And I that's when I really started to like her when she kind of took off the cartoon quality and was, you know, had mascara running down her face and was crying. I was yes. like, Oh, this more of this. Uh, but you know, the fact that she could play, play both notes really well and can transition like that. Um, yeah. I thought she did a great job. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, as the kid, I, I feel like Amanda Bynes just has like a, um, for her. And speaking of Lindsay Lohan, it, Lohan or Lohan? Who knows? I've I, I said say it two different ways. Yeah, I say Lohan, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. I, you know, I think we'll call her Linz. Yeah, yeah. call her Linz. Yeah, I think that's safe. 
but I think the in general, I feel like the gays are rooting for a comeback for both of them. Like I feel like there is mm. such like a, a a gay icon quality about both of them, and I, it feels like it checks the box because unfortunately, a lot of the gays love women with like. I don't know, substance abuse problems? Does I that make know. sense? I know that sounds terrible as, as it was coming out of my mouth, but like there is something about that lore. But at the same time, too, that we also are rooting for them to like come back and get back to, you know, their heyday because we grew up with them, too, as well. Both of those girls that I just mentioned, too. So there is that pull yourself together because you are talented and we want to see we want to see you come back yeah gays love a troubled diva who's making that's a, a comeback. better way of saying it yes. yeah <laughs> but you know it's funny because i think of judy garland and i think like you're yes. not wrong that a lot Elizabeth of time, taylor yeah, yeah that there's there can be substance abuse issues or or depression or or whatever but it's like i think it's that that is sort of the tragic underbelly of watching someone like that have a comeback and it's like oh she's persevering despite the 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 drug problems oh look you know she heard it's like you think of like late career judy and like her voice was so much more strained but that almost made the singing even more moving and more powerful because you could yes. hear all mm-hmm. of judy's pain and i just think it's this thing that that the gays have passed along of like oh she's 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 a little raspier than she used to be and she's you know a, a little rougher around the edges than she used to be but like if she can do it, I can do it. You know, like there's, yeah, there's that there's narrative. loyalty there. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. We're still always rooting, for, even for Anne. I'm always rooting for Anne. Sure. Oh, <laughs> I'll I, never yeah. Anne. I'll, I'm always rooting for Anne. Like, and, and she's like time and time again has shown up and be like, what else do I have to do? You know? Yes. <laughs> like yes. I did Rachel getting married. I did lay Miz. I did Brokeback Mountain. I know I did the Oscars. I'm sorry about that. Like I, I did some glad speeches. Like I am I am a I'm a well-rounded person. Uh, yeah, her brother's lot. gay. I my think. brother's yeah. gay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Give me a there's fucking a break. Billboard. My yeah. brother's gay. <laughs> you know, I think it's worth because we did dedicate a significant part of a previous episode to wings to say that <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church is. Oh in my this. gosh, he is. My assistant to the BSA. Honestly, I just loved him in this. Mm. Yeah, he was, you know, I, I forgot he was in this. And I was like, oh, yeah, you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, he's, I mean, yeah, he in his own way, he has, it's like whenever he's on screen, there's kind of a charisma. There's kind of a, like, there's a presence there. Um, and, of course, that voice. It's like, oh, you could... You could do a voiceover for an insurance commercial, like yes. anytime you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, he was. Uh, I liked that he, the way his character was introduced, it was like, oh, he's the cool teacher. But then they kind of flip that script, and it's like, no, no, no. I know we're doing all the cool che- teacher things. You know, I'm not going to rap. I'm not going to be that teacher. Uh, yes. So I, those were the moments where I appreciated that Easy A was kind of doing things on purpose or doing things in that. In that kind of knowing wink wink kind of way yeah i really enjoyed almost i wish there were more scenes honestly with uh emma and him because i just i really i really think they locked in like more than i don't say more than like patricia and stanley too but like i think those are comparable scenes where she just she's operating on a different it's like in drag race like with the like the adult in the room or like mm-hmm. uh, you know like uh you know juju talking to rupaul it's like they're they're on the same wavelength and i think there is something about emma that does 
just work well with adults. I mean, she works well with like the people her age too, but like as far as just really finding a rhythm, I really think that her and the scenes with Thomas Hayden Church were great. And I, I think mm. he toes the line of being, you know, the cool teacher and maybe going a bit far, but I, I really, I really liked him in this and I was kind of rooting for him even through all the like the Lisa Kudrow stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's also the fact that like throughout the movie, he is uh, like a consistently sympathetic character. He never really turns yeah. on Olive. I feel like it, it is worth mentioning like, man, do people just turn on Olive in this movie? Like, oh, like if you, the, the, the hint of sex in this town, it just sends people, you know, into such a tizzy. And so he's like, the one person who doesn't really rise to that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's true. He's kind of on the outside of everything uh, in that sense, too. But he, I love that he does, like, kind of know what's going on and talks to her. It's almost like, I'm trying to think of what he, I don't know. He's kind of like a little bit of a mentor mm-hmm. sort of situation. Um, but, I mean, the, you kind of just opened up a little bit of the, you know, the can of worms about how, <laughs> I mean, it's just like the double standard of how, a male is celebrated for having sex in high school versus a girl. And it's like, like trickles into like the pen 15 stuff of just mm-hmm. like girls calling each other sluts. And, um, and that's how it goes. And that's how it always will go. Yeah. The end of time, because nothing's ever going to change that. And I hate that. I know. I was thinking about that as the movie was going and like, as the, the plot was unfolding and thinking like, you know, like understanding like, okay, I get what the narrative is. I get what the, what the cultural expectations are, the societal expectations, but then you kind of like pull back, you know, at a meta level. And it's like, what is she doing? That's so bad. Like there's almost, there were almost points in this movie where I was like, I think like, I know all of this is a bit of satire, but like some of this is just like a really extreme overreaction. Like I just, uh, it you know you just kind of roll with it because it's part of the plot but like it's and I, maybe that is the point they're trying to make is like that is how extremist people Easy are to catch his fire yeah, yeah and how like ridiculous people get about other people's bodies and sexuality and obviously that's you know why you know one of olive's last lines in the movie is like and it's none of your fucking business um i don't yeah. know if she says fucking but that just seemed appropriate uh, yes but uh I, it's it is interesting how like yeah after like at some at certain points in this movie I was like when she when she exits the the school and there's all the people outside with the signs I was like really was there nothing yeah, else would... going on in 2010 <laughs> this... oh yeah I know <laughs> this was the most this was what people were protesting yeah and at the same time too, it's like the way that it even gets started too like her best friend Rhiannon Rhiannon yeah uh, yeah played by Ali Machalka mm-hmm. um she like. All she says is like, I went on a date and she's like, oh my God, you have, you had sex. I'm telling everyone. Like it just happened. It was like, no, that's actually, I hated, I didn't hate her as an actress. Um, Re, I guess we'll call her for short. Sure. Um, But I, I, I hated her character because I was like, oh, you're that best friend that like, you probably grew up together and you, Mm. you, it's too late to kind of, you know, cut it off, but they're really kind of a toxic person and you know, there's history there. So you're like, all right, I guess I'll be friends with you until high school. And then we'll separate once we get to college. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's someone that you had a lot more in common with when you were six than you do at 16. Yeah. Oh, yes. Even better. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, 
but yeah, so it's just like, uh, and the other thing too, I had a quick, this is one of my questions I wrote down, Colin, what would your gift card of choice be if you were in Emma Stone's situation? Ooh. You could pick more than one. Yeah, no, thank <laughs> but you. But where would you want a gift card to right now in 2020? I mean, you know, Amazon, I, I know that's such a basic answer, but I, you know, what can I say? I'm part of the problem. I do a lot of Amazon shopping. We all uh, do. Right? I mean, if if I'm allowed to accept an American Express gift card, that might be nice. Uh, I, you know, if if there was a nearby Chili's, I would accept a Chili's <laughs> gift card. Like, in a second. Any amount. Yeah. Um, but at least enough to cover a Chicken Crisper's um and maybe Ooh, yeah. an appetizer maybe some southwest egg rolls you know maybe like a chocolate lava cake oh you know. my god it might not it might not travel well but we'll take the risk i'll take the <laughs> risk i'll take the risk uh you know and so that's i mean and I, i'll you know i guess you can't really eat in restaurants these days but i'll i'll eat it in a car i'm this is a real oh, fantasy yeah. world i don't even have a car i don't have a chilies i don't have a car i don't have a gift certificate but i've had all three of those things i yes. would eat chicken crispers in my car in the parking Ooh. lot that's a great choice. Yeah. My, my Instagram handle is going to be nearby chilies. I'm going to change it. <laughs> nearby chilies. Yeah. <laughs> now, where would um, you, those what, are, would, what would be your, yeah. uh, your preferred Ooh. payment method? Uh, I think, I mean, number one is always going to be target because I'm just that bitch. Like I can't not go there. And it's, it's, it brings me a lot of serotonin when I enter that store and mm-hmm. I just went, you know, I went, I'll have to send you a picture. Um, these cute little ornaments that we bought um, oh. in the Christmas section, of course. They're like these little, um, like embroidered, uh, f- random pieces of food that have smiley faces on them, and they're so cute. I got a bacon and eggs one. There's like a little slice of bacon and oh like a sunny God. side up egg with this little smiley face, and he has a little <laughs> like sprig of holly. The egg does, and it's it's precious and then i got keon for his birthday (laughs) which was last week happy birthday oh yeah happy birthday keon yeah we forgot to mention it on like the actual episode i know i'm a bad boyfriend but we had a lovely weekend and we're going away this weekend as well for a little trip oh good a tiny house we're doing a little tiny house getaway like an actual Um, tiny home like a an actual tiny house so i'm excited um but uh and then there's a a slice of pizza with a smiley face and then there's an avocado toast with a smiley face. i'll send you pictures please they are just please it's too much i couldn't not buy it um but target i'd say for food ooh, i mean there are a lot of great like thai places and indian places in lawrenceville but as far as like chains um i'd say the cheesecake factory if i'm gonna go full Mm. like yeah suburban mom Well, what's great about that is you really get two meals in each meal. You know, you you oh, you gotta yeah. get the cheesecake, and you're yeah. always too full, but you get it anyway. Yep, and hopefully leftovers. You know, like I'll I'm gonna box up half the sandwich and some of these fries. You know, yes, uh, the menu is so big, it's too oh, too much. Actually, it's too much. You know, I'm trying to think if I've actually eaten at a cheese. I think I have, and I think yeah, it's the kind of thing where it's like you just have to say. Okay, I'm just going to choose one section of the menu and just limit my options. Or yeah, else kind of. We'll be yeah, here all day. Like three, three pages of pasta uh, size and stuff like that. It's 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 nuts. But yeah, um, I'd say Amazon too. Keon uh, is very good about monitoring our Amazon purchases. We try to shop elsewhere, but sometimes you have to, especially with the speed and the you know what they have available. So yeah, yeah. There's that. Um, well, you know, we're all judging you. So I will say too. <laughs> everyone's unsubscribed i will yeah. say i think we need to uh normalize giving gift cards for christmas it is not yes. so bad i don't really love here's the thing 
I don't love giving gift cards. I always feel like it's a little bit of a cop-out, but I love getting gift cards. I'm not mad about mm-hmm. any of it, honestly. It's, I mean, it's like a, it, it's, it's a, it's double happiness, as they say, where it's like you get the gift card with the potential of, oh my gosh, what am I going to buy? And then you get the yeah. actual purchasing of, of something with the gift card. So it is, it is actually the gift that keeps on giving. It is. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll add like a Starbucks gift card to that list or any mm-hmm. sort of coffee shop gift card is always like a plus for me. But um, I really enjoy it. Like, I, I just think I think of that person every time I like use that card or every, mm-hmm. if I buy something, I just think it's um, the way to go, especially for 2020 Christmas. Like, I yeah. Don't... So, you know, Keon, if you're listening, just, just get him <laughs> gift cards. It's so much Honestly. easier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and don't be surprised huh, anyway. if you get gift cards. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, before we get to really our, I, I would say for me, I mean, we can include Mr. Griffith as well, but like other than him, there's really three for me, real BSAs, but sure. I think before we, we talk about them, it's worth, I'll mention first Dan Bird who plays Brandon, uh, the, the, the Kinsey six gay friend. And I, you know, this is, I, I'm, it, I'm quite sure this was written by a gay man, that the, the writer of the movie, Burt Royal, is gay. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, you can definitely feel it. There's there's that sense of there's a lot of references to gay people and just being open and, you know, even Stanley Tucci saying, I was gay once for a while, and then I just had to pause the movie. But I... Uh, I, I know. <laughs> I, I was like, what? I paused and I was like... Who? What? Who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just like pushed my sleeves up and I was like, what? And put my hands on my hips. And I was like, what? Yeah, all the crumbs from my popcorn just <laughs> fell off my shirt. Don't realize <laughs> I sit up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I really appreciate it because the gay friend, the quote unquote gay friend in one of these movies is often insufferable and sure. cliched and a little bit of a minstrel show in terms of like, you know, gay stereotypes and I just, it was nice to see a character that wasn't clearly straight and just saying he was gay. Like, you could read the gay vibes and the gay vocalization and all that. But it he felt, I was like, oh, if I were in high school, I would identify with this character. Not necessarily his motives. I didn't care about people wanting to think I was straight. Like, what a, well, I tried, but like, come on. Uh, but I wouldn't go to the extent of like wanting people to think I slept with someone. But it, just yes. the way he carried himself, the way he dressed, I was like, oh, yeah, I, that's the kind of gay in high school I can identify with. Yeah, it really is a nice balance. Um, I would argue it's it's funny because you said he's not the you know, the typical gay sidekick or not even sidekick. It's just like he's not really because they're not really. Fr- he kind of fades away. I thought he mm-hmm. was going to stay in the story the whole time, and there was going to be this whole like arc. But right. really, he's just the, the beginning of everything. But I would say her best friend Re. Um, is kind of like the gay man in the movie. Like, just like, look at my boobs. Oh my God, are they talking about my boobs? Like, just really, uh, all of the things that you were saying. Self-absorbed and like, yeah. yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. like, not that all gay men are self, but like, I think that like, movies often portray gay men as self-absorbed just because that's, you know, that's what people expect to see, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it is great to see um, Dan Bird play a little bit of the, a little bit of the opposite of that. um, And just kind of, defining his own sort of like 
sense of what a gay high schooler means or looks like in 2010. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I have not seen the, anything from the Love, Simon universe, so I don't know if that's a similar tone, but... Yeah, I mean, that's a whole... Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm way too old for those movies. Like I, yeah, I'm glad yeah, they exist. I've yeah. seen them. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like I'm glad it's there, and I think for some people, it's like this is exactly what they need. But it's like, I, I, I did the hard yards. So like, not that I'm anything better than a younger gay, but like I've already done the like trying to find myself in movies, you know, stage, and now. I'm identifying with like middle-aged women in movies. Like I've moved on from looking for gay men and now it's Candace Bergen. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's just an evolution. Uh, you know? Yes, that's so true. I, I'd evolution. Say, like, <laughs> that's a deep cut. I hope people get Yeah, that. that's a real deep cut. Um, I'd, I'd say like Love, Simon to like, to as much as we're knocking it to, like it's a great... It's like a starter pack for any suburban mom who might think their son is gay or daughter. You okay. Know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I'm not mad that it exists, but like you said, it, I, there is actually a lot of it that I did, like as far as me growing up in like white suburbia and getting iced coffee with my friends and running around town and stuff like that. But um, so there are parts of it that I do, I sort of identify with. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not, you know, I don't know. End of sentence. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I really have. Yeah. Like, because I then, could go on and I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like, then let's, we'll, we'll shift gears to quickly mention Penn Badgley, who. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Who is, it was such an interesting thing where every time he appeared on screen, I was like, oh, my God. And, like, I was familiar with him from Gossip Girl, but he's really, he's he's Gossip Woman now because he is, he's, there's, he's all grown up. <laughs> Um, which is a big spoiler for Gossip Girl because it turns out at the end, uh, his character of Dan is Gossip Girl. So <gasps> there no you go. Way. There you go, everybody. Saved you all that time. Um, but uh, then when he was off screen, I forgot about him completely. And then he'd pop up again. And I was like, oh, yeah, Penn Badgley's in this. And it was the weirdest experience. Yeah, I only know him from that TV show. I feel like you and Johnny were on Amanda's podcast when she was talking about it. Um, from that TV show, You, on oh. um, Netflix, I think. And she was yes. like, she was saying like, next week we're going to cover the TV show, Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe it was Johnny. Maybe it was just Johnny. Yeah, I, I think it was remember, just Johnny. But... I don't think I was on that one. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, Yeah. <laughs> Because that, for anyone who doesn't listen to Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, that's just like, I don't even know what you would call like our accent or just what we evolved into. But anytime we'd say the word you, it's too much to explain. But yeah, Yeah. um, so that's, but I know, I know him from that. He kind of plays this Dexter-like character, but it's also like Fifty Shades of Grey and, but he also like kills people. It's an interesting show and he's very dark and brooding and sexy in it as well too i i argue maybe a little bit too skinny for my choice Mm. but i i i I think he's very sexy and really sexy in this he plays like the high school he's 24 when he was in this role so that's i just think that you could tell yeah i could tell yeah but just like oh it was oh it was the kind of guy where it's like i just give him the house keys and my social security number it's like what do you want you're gonna have anything oh yeah you know um yes 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 but that I mean, unless I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, I know there's, there's sort of like there's a cameo from Pat Armisen, and he's great, and um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Malcolm. But other Mc- than that, no, I, yeah, I think it's time, yeah, yeah. Malcolm McDowell as the principal is is 
In a oh yeah, he's, he's in a different movie. I, I was like, who are you? Um, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. <laughs> but I would say, I mean, my other, my let's, I mean, you know, typically, you know, ladies first. But I think in this case, let's. Do you want to start with the tooch and then yeah, work our way into the it. women? All right. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, Stanley. So the moment that he appears in that first kitchen scene, like eight mm. or nine minutes into the movie. I audibly gasped. I just, I was like, yeah. oh, I forgot. I mean, that shirt, whatever that is, that like, yes, that that style of shirt with the with the three buttons and it's yes. open, and then the pushed up sleeves and the glasses hooked into the collar of the shirt. The most it's perfect facial hair, you know, the most perfect. Yeah, he does have really good five o'clock shadow. Yeah, like, uh, and. Go ahead. Uh, I just, I, I mean, you know, a beautiful complexion, those elfin ears. I, 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 I'm, I just smitten. Yeah, I didn't know. I would also add to that, just maybe like a, I will say a hint, a hint of a little belly, which is what really kind of (gasps) threw me over. You know what I mean? It was, it wasn't like. (laughs) Oh yeah, I don't need him to be a Bowflex kind of dad. I need. No, I need a little bit of. Yeah. Yeah. doughiness uh just a smidge i just and i i described it last week like i i pictured him with like the towel you know the dish towel on the shoulder he didn't mm-hmm. have it but i i do think it's there in spirit yeah and in just spirit, like making yeah. dinner for his kids and just like loving on his wife and just like being so charming and funny i i he's the coolest dad and the coolest person oh yeah and i i and love so that sexy. like uh like in that first scene Again, like all of this could have been a little too, you know, a little too twee, a little too like, oh, precocious even. But they just they come across as a family that actually likes each other. And that doesn't really happen in these movies. Typically, there's always like feuding between the siblings or the teenage girl character is mortified by her parents. And I liked that in this, you know, there isn't any of that. They all genuinely like each other. And I think just for the sake of that being different. And the sake of it being a different note than like what we usually see, I just I found it really refreshing. Yeah, there's something. And one thing that I, especially seeing this for the first time too, that I really really loved, and could easily go wrong too. But like they just trust Olive. Yeah, they, they check in with her, but um, you know they they knew who she is by this point too. They know that like they don't have to worry about her. She's very self sufficient. She's very capable. And even when things are like starting to go wrong. They they might sense it, but they also trust that she has it at the same time. There's a sense of trust. Um, and yeah, like you said, like I, I just think that they they communicate well in mm-hmm. a way. It, yeah, it's interesting how there's always kind of a tone of, of having a witty comeback or having banter. But there are those little moments where he and Patricia Clarkson, and apparently their names are Rosemary and Dill. I did not know this, that the whole family has food names. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But there, there's those moments where they do shift out of it, like during the movie night when you know Patricia Clarkson says, you know, we're starting, we're starting to get a little bit worried. Like, should we be starting to get a little bit worried? And yeah, uh, you can just feel both of their energies like shift. Where and I like that. Where as much as they seem like more free spirited parents, more trusting, more open, once that kind of you know the antenna goes up the parent antenna goes up it's interesting how they perform becoming more grounded and saying hey so what's what's going on right now like pause on the banter 
let's get real for a second. I like how that plays out a few yes. times this movie. Um, yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I think there's a scene uh, when he, when Stanley Tucci comes into her bedroom. Yes. I think it was like the scent. Yeah. And he's like, you okay, kiddo? Like the oh. way he says that, I'm just like, I would just take my clothes off. <laughs> let, let me just, just because it is so important is he, he's leaning there in the doorway and he looks at her and he says, you all right, buddy? Yeah. Just, and I, normally I don't love being called buddy. Uh, but... Oh, all day. I will, I will change my birth certificate. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Uh, that moment, I, oh God, like I just need a clip of that just on repeat in my life as Stanley Tucci in that dim bedroom glow standing in the doorway with, with dad energy saying, you're right, yeah. buddy. Oh, that I mean, there it. is, I think everyone would be lying if we all didn't imagine what Stanley Tucci would be like in the bedroom, but you know, it's great. You know, he's a great lover. Like there's no question of like just the energy that he gives. And like, I love how it's not even reserved. It's like this quiet, like this, I guess he he just always feels like sure of himself, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how else to describe it. And, and, as an actor and as a person, he's just very like alluring and like you, you, you're kind of drawn to him because you want to figure him out. And I think that's yeah. part of the, just the, the joy of Stanley Tucci. Cause like, it's, it's funny going to this, like the gay thing that he says, he's like, I was gay once. And yeah. <laughs> just, like, he just well, drops that ball. Yeah. And then just pivots. And then he's like, yeah, but anyway. And it's like when that happened, I wasn't sure because there was a scene earlier with Patricia Clarkson where she said, oh, I dated a gay man for a very long time. And Olive is like, please don't tell me you married him and had kids with him. And she said, oh, no, 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 your father's straight as an arrow. And I wasn't sure if he when he says to her, I was gay once for a while, if that was a, like yeah. a reference to the mom's joke or if that was just a purely like, yeah, I I had a, I had a few gay years in college. And, you know, then I met your mother like the it's it. It's so funny how like because there is that one scene where, where Rosemary says, "Oh yeah, your father's straight as an arrow," and it's like Stanley Tucci is not. No, he's and, not, and neither is Dill. Uh, and I. That's what I love about him. I love that there is that air of like there's a there's a sense of self that feels very assured, and I think that's what's part of what's so sexy about him is like obviously the physical, but there's just the energy of how he carries himself that you. Yeah, there's a, there's a sense of like, oh, I just, I can't look away. Like, I just, you, yeah, I you must be, be right. You. Yeah, I want you He's to be driving. Magnetic. Yeah. Have you, I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, Colin. Do you follow him on Instagram? It's crazy that I don't. I should be following him to the supermarket. Like, he, I, yeah. I don't follow him very often, no. You should, because he has these like, um, he's a very, I don't, I don't know what to say, like, world renowned because that's not the word but um he likes making cocktails so he has these videos mm. of his wife recording him making just standard cocktails and he's, he's at this bar and he talks and just like uh i mean it's like he has that that tone of like hanging in the doorway saying you okay buddy is like uh -huh. the entire video oh it's like brother him, he's like and then you're gonna grab your bitters and um, maybe a couple of blocks of ice here and just you know stir oh, together and I'm i just am like <laughs> i am shaken i am stirred i am <laughs> I am poured over ice. Um, straight up. Yeah. Straight up um, with a twist. Uh, yeah. Uh, with a Tucci yeah. twist. With a, yeah, with a Tucci twist. 
Oh, man. So, yes, get into that because um, – and I think the the other – not lore, but um, the other piece of info that I think you know is that Stanley Tucci is married to Emily Blunt's sister. I did not know that. No. Can you imagine those, like, Thanksgivings and Christmas? Like, John Krasinski, Emily Blunt, Stanley Tucci, and Emily Blunt's sister. Like, I – Oh, my God. I, I have to be there. I yeah. need to be there. I just I, – that is mm. – Yeah. I don't know if they're still married, but I remember reading that a couple years ago. So I fact check me if you want to, but in my mind that still exists. So, wow, wow, he's Stanley just Tucci. great. He's um, great. You know, I was looking through his IMDb and realizing as much as I love Stanley Tucci, I've seen him in maybe three or four things. Like there's like same, I've seen yeah. him in the Hunger Games movies. I've seen him in Burlesque, Devil Wears Prada. This there's probably a few other things, but it's like all like there is a there is a vast catalog of of Stanley Tucci that I just fairly scratched the surface like stanley tucci in the early 90s i don't even know you know yeah that's true there was that one movie that i saw oh what is it he plays like this italian guy of course was it big um, night that we talked about yeah big night yes big night, and there's yeah. a guy in there that looks like um i'm looking it up now um is this mark anthony is in that that's really funny um maybe i'm wrong no, so it's like Big Night with, movie. yeah, because that's the one with Tony no, it's, Shalhoub. No, it's definitely Big Night. Yeah, it's it, Tony Shalhoub. And, I mean, that's that's a great combo too. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, Stanley Tucci. I, I, I love the line where he's like, "You're beginning to look like a stripper," or you're like, "You're dressing like a stripper." He's like a high end stripper for governors or athletes. I mean, it's a great line, and yeah, like, only he can deliver it with that cool sense of humor. That's not like. That's just like funny and not offensive at the same time, too. Right, right. And I feel like that, if, if someone was like that 100% of the time, I'd be like, oh, stop. Just talk to me like a real person. Yes. So yes, I, yes. I like that he does put it down sometimes and says, you all right, buddy. And like, doesn't need to do, you know, have witty banter as, you know, every conversation. But if it, I think that would be the downfall. If he was just always witty banter, it'd be like, oh, I can't. Can we not play volleyball right now? Like, I just want to you know make dinner plans um yeah yeah i know i'm glad that the uh, the screenwriter put that in i think mm -hmm. that's really important to kind of balance out everything else that we're seeing that we love but we you know could easily get like it's like eating too much chocolate cake or something like that it's like this is great but i need you know a glass of milk or something. exactly exactly <laughs> um now do should we i mean i i feel like talking about patricia clarkson next is like because it would kind of cover both of them do you want to talk about her next or should we talk about lisa kudrow uh we'll end on lisa okay i have some interesting thoughts okay so okay yeah, good let's get great to patricia yeah perfect uh i adored patricia clarkson in this mm, I, I think know. that you know stanley tucci is fabulous but i think patricia clarkson gets a few more bsa moments than he does yes. Yes. uh yes. i i mean like the two of them also together, like trying to guess what the the T trying to guess twat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. T, and just T T T, and just thinking Spell it about with your P's. right, yeah. like it's and I love thinking of the two of them like doing that scene together. Like how, I feel like there's there was another maybe we talked about it, maybe Johnny and I talked about it. Where oh I know what it is, it's a league of their own with Tom Hanks and Gina Davis trying to give Marla Hooch the um the little the the. Oh, I can't think of what it is because I don't know anything about baseball. Where they're trying to tell her what how what how to hit the ball. Oh my god! Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they're they're each uh, signaling her from that. Oh the, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like the, 
and yes, they're doing yeah. it at the same time. I apologize to anyone who knows what I should be saying. And is I mean, and it's just like giving it. signals. Like, I yeah. guess is that what it's batting yeah. signals? Oh God, I'm so far from my wheelhouse. I'm just rolling away. <laughs> um, but I feel like that scene and this yes. are similar, and just like watching two actors with chemistry just like do a bit together. Yeah, and like I just imagine, you know, Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson doing press for this and just being like, mm. it was a blast. Oh. oh, I had such a great time with him. And like, I just want to see that. Yeah, they're like, I see them in an interview. Both of them are in like fold out director chairs. There's one of those like roll down step and repeats behind them. There's yes. another there's an interview sitting across from them saying, so what was it like? What what drew you into this script? And then they both like smile and look at each other like I'm I need an Ann Dowd, Margot Martindale conversation with Stanley Tucci and Patricia Clarkson. I know. Oh, God. There's some, even like after that question, I pictured Stanley Tucci looking at Patricia Clarkson and smiling. I, w- yes. I think there's something about the Stanley Tucci grin, not even a smile, but like that little like, mm-hmm. like a smirk that he can do. I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't see his teeth a lot, but I don't need to. I know that's like a weird sentence, but. Uh, no, I know what you mean. He he does like more of a smirk than a big, than, than yeah. a big teeth, toothy grin. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, anyway, um, I, back uh, to Patricia, back to you know, I, I, there's also like these little moments that I almost felt like they didn't need to include, but they did like when Olive's little brother says he got like a B on his spelling test and, and, uh, Rosemary says, that's nice, honey, but everything has spell check now. But then her saying, just kidding. Like the addition of that, I thought yeah. was such a little funny, like sweet nuance that is other movies would not have had the just kidding. Like, they'd be a little more mean-spirited yes. for the punchline, you know? Yeah, because that kid, I mean, I wanted more from him. I know he might not be a, a key player, but, like, I, I didn't... I, I liked the idea of, like, it's not even poking fun. It's kind of, like, normalizing, you know, adoption, but also with a little, like, sprinkle of humor in there, too. Like, I do love when Stanley Tucci sat down at the table and he's like, where are you from again? Yeah. Like, that made me laugh hard. Yeah. Um. But I, I wish there was maybe one less joke about that. But like, or, or maybe like seeing him laugh at that or something. Like mm-hmm. I just, uh, it, it, in no way were they like picking on him. But like, I think that like, it was just enough. If there was anything more than that, I was like, okay, enough with the adoption jokes. But I right. do love the first joke where he, or Stanley Tucci, like, he, you know, he bangs the the cupboard door. He's like, mm-hmm. why didn't anyone tell me or something like that? It's it, such a trailer moment. That's like a, a scene yes. that would be in any trailer for this movie is that like, yeah, uh, is him having that dramatic response. Yes. Um, so I, I want to also mention uh, there's this little gesture. So when uh, Brandon comes to the house and Rosemary answers the door and he said, is there an olive here? And, um, and, Rosemary says there's a whole jar of them in the fridge and the way when she says it she's fixing an earring while she says it and I just you know there's something about fixing an earring while you say a line that yes so like those little gestures those Alexis Mateo it's crazy right while she scratches her fingernail (laughs) I I will always like write those down because it just uh, it's such a small detail that just completely elevates a, a line delivery I mean, <clears throat> Patricia and Stanley, too. Like, if I was a gay kid in high school and I was friends with Olive, I would move into that house. I would never oh, leave. Like, yeah. just, I would, I just want to sit at the table with Patricia Clarkson and just gab. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, she's the ultimate mom you want to hang out with. Yeah. When, yeah, she's, I, I feel like, uh, 
yeah, she's just she's someone that I when when Brandon arrives at the house and she says any you know that's that joke about like any friend of Olive's is a friend of our daughter's. Like I was like, oh, I would be uh, Anna in Pen Fifteen right now. I'd love to just like sit and have bagel bites and orange juice with you right now, if that's possible. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, <clears throat> I don't need to go up and check on those rascals anytime soon. You know, and I I just love how easy that was like i think she kind of knew i mean i don't think he necessarily radiates like i'm gay but like she kind of knew almost instantly like there's no threat to this boy because like Mm -hmm. i know i love like emma stone coming down and like playing the whole southern bell bit and then they go up to the room and then stanley and her and patricia at the bottom of the stairs you know just being like there's a boy a boy yeah I, it almost felt like they were kind of in a in a coded way saying it's just a boy. It's just a yeah. like he's just he's gay. It's fine. But it's yeah, yeah he he doesn't he doesn't oh, you know, she doesn't open the door and he's just, you know, in in high drag or anything. But there is that thing <laughs> yeah. that like, you know, she I feel like she she's known so many gay men in her life this character. Yes. And there I, is that I thing that. Yeah. where you just look at someone and you're like you can see a picture of someone and say, "Oh yeah, they're probably gay and i can't tell you why i know that i just know that so yeah um stanley tucci i would i would look at and think he was gay so it's not always accurate but um, yeah same same i i wanted to mention real quick about patricia clarkson she was nominated for an eda focus award which of course colin are the awards um basically it's for an actress who defies age and ageism and i was like where are these awards wow i know it's on imdb i clicked on it because i was i did it on my phone maybe i'll do it on my laptop later because sometimes you know how you click on it and it doesn't give you like the year of the oscars Uh or whatever um at least on the app and i need to one i need to know more about these awards these eda focus awards number two i also need to know who beat her that year because she did not win um so more on that later (laughs) yeah we you know when when we used to do like oscar winners we'd cover like oh who won the golden globe who won the bafta who won the critics choice who won the eda you know (laughs) i mean that's like i am on i'll see if i can uh for any actress who defies age and ageism it sounds like a lady watch award absolutely yeah yeah Um, so i my ears perked up when i saw that and it's like the second award down Huh. For Patricia Clarkson, or like at least in the awards that they list for the movie, because I know Emma Stone was nominated for a Golden Globe, and that's like the perfect Golden Globe nomination. That is like exactly what needs to be nominated for what performance, like mm-hmm. because it was you know a breakout role for her. Like we it's said, it's such a Golden Globes performance. Absolutely, yes. yeah. Um, I yeah, Patricia Clarkson. I I remember her in terms of other like BSA performances. Like she was nominated for an Oscar for best supporting actress for pieces of April, uh, which is, uh, I remember being a good movie. She's great in it. Um, Mm. but that's, that's a movie worth revisiting, you know, potentially. Um, I do want to mention while we're talking about Patricia Clarkson, I think really, you know, what I think, when I think about that concept of like, you know, if these were BSAs who were nominated for one awards, like what would they win for? And I, I think that where Patricia Clarkson gets a little bit more than Stanley Tucci is that that scene towards the end on the yeah, car. Yeah, the car scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Absolutely. First of all, do you do you know that song that's playing in the background, Transatlanticism? No. Oh. No. Oh, my God. Does that song take me back? It's by <laughs> – do you know it, the band is Death Cab for Cutie? Have you ever heard of them? I do know that name yeah. for sure, but I'm – 
so I'm a nerd and I don't know things. This song, oh my god, it is. Uh, it takes me back to like my early twenties. It takes me back to college. It is. I, I highly recommend it. It is the just like choice. it's the perfect choice. It's like if you want to cry about something in your 1995 Toyota Camry and senior year of college, transatlanticism will get you there. Okay. Um, I speak from experience. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you're like a friend told me that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, allegedly. So, um, <laughs> but I I really enjoyed this scene. I liked that you know she has this whole story about you know I I had rumors about me and I went through all this and, and I, there's something about the line delivery of like, because I was a slut, like she, the, the delivery and the pacing of their conversation here is so good. Like she's, mm-hmm. I, I like that even when Rosemary's having a heart to heart, she doesn't kind of betray that wild child energy that she has. She's like, Oh yeah, I, I, I had a period of real low, low self-worth. I slept with a, you know, uh, a gaggle, a pack, a group. Like I slept with so many guys. Like I like that. She still has that even when she's not being bantery in the kitchen, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, Just kind of being real. And yeah, those are conversations that you typically don't have with your mom. I mean, at right. least while you're in high school, my, or ever, really. ever, as far as I'm yes. concerned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite moment, though, like so nuanced, couldn't tell her to do that. She did it on her own is when she starts to say like how she could like she says, I could go. I mean, my whole leg. And like she starts to try to put her legs behind her head. And there's yes. there is a way that she does it. There's a body language, the way that she literally says, I could go. I mean, my, my whole leg, like the way that she self interrupts. Oh, it's oh, it's just it's one of my favorite line deliveries in this movie because it just it. It, oh, it's just it's just what BSAs do. They just yeah, make lines is. into magic. It's like the the hood of the car kind of like crinkles a bit as uh-huh. she leans back, you know. Yeah. And she, I love that she does it twice because that's how the scene ends too. Because mm-hmm. yeah. like they put a button on the conversation. And she's like, but seriously, all the way back, and then yeah. she like throws her leg back, and then they kind of laugh. Oh, it's um, it's, it's great. perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that, of course, I mean, you know, that brings us to kind of a, a, a surprise horse in the race because she kind of comes in late in the movie. Sure. Uh, Lisa Kudrow shows up yes. as uh, Thomas Hayden Church's wife and as the guidance counselor, Mrs. Griffith. Yeah. And you said you had some thoughts on her. I, you know, you know, uh, sing out, Louise. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I will say. Like, I mean, I was surprised. I think like in some, somewhere in my mind that I did know she was in the movie. So I wasn't like completely surprised. And I didn't look at anything before I watched. I just kind of turned it on. It's on Netflix, by the way, I think. Netflix, yeah, it's on right? Netflix. I, I mean, just every week when we pick a movie, it's like, okay, where can we find it? Do we have to pay for it? Yeah, I was like, yeah. it's on Netflix? Oh. Yeah, it was a blessing. And it's 90 minutes? Stop I it. know. Yeah. An hour and 32, I was like, yes. Yes, um, ma'am. Uh, so I, th- I, 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 it's it's very hard for me, and I know that like the the – I am so used to seeing Lisa Kudrow do comedy that like when I have to see her do drama that it is a little bit of a shift for me to kind of get into that, mm-hmm. I guess, mindset. And even when she does drama, you know, like there's I mean, there's so much of the comeback that is so uh, what's the word? It's like it's not unexpected drama, but like it's like there are dramatic moments and yeah. like she she does it so well. And that's, of course, another conversation. But I couldn't figure out. I don't know if it was the writing or I just like couldn't figure out who she was. And I knew there was like something like, you know, at the, with the, from the first time we see her, she's kind of 
not really wanting to be touched by Thomas Hayden Church. And, like, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of, like, it's like, what's going on here? And then you find out. I think I wanted more of, like, a grounded sort of, yeah, I cheated on him and I can't believe I did it. But I also acknowledge and appreciate the sort of zany repetitive you know repeating words and kind of getting like stumbling sort of energy that lisa kudrow brings to like everything and i think it wouldn't have been a lisa kudrow performance if it wasn't like that but i think it was like when she did she does start out that way too it's like maybe i have to watch it again but i didn't i i wanted to feel the feels and uh, you know like i wanted to be like yes 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 and i think maybe with another watch i might be into it but i wasn't as floored by it as i wanted to be Okay. And I hate saying that. I know. No, I no. think you, you, you know, you don't have to love everything. I think that she, it's, yeah, it, it, I think with Lisa Kudrow, I mean, it's such a, we're so used to seeing her in roles that, yeah, that have, uh, you know, opportunities for comedy or just like really strong characters. She just has very strong energy. And so you expect like a very strong character. And then in this, her character is a little more nebulous because when we, we first meet her halfway through the movie, she seems likable enough. Like she, she has kind of a like. Oh, is that the girl everyone's talking about? Um, yeah. Like, but then there's also that thing of her not wanting to be touched, and we just we don't really know if it's because Mr. Griffith is too handsy, or and and she's making a valid point of like, um, we're at school. There's uh, windows. So like I, 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 mm-hmm. I get that, but um, she makes the funny joke about the gateway knife. Like we, I think what happens is we're set up in the first scene to like her, and then. We then she kind of becomes like the villain of the movie, and it is kind of a surprise turn. Yes, uh, I do really enjoy that scene when she's st- when you know the news comes out about Micah having chlamydia. I did like that there was a brief scene of moms on the phone. I kind of felt like, oh, that's who we would play. Okay, uh, and so it was nice to like. I thought, oh, there we go, just moms on a phone. You know, yes. they they knew their demographic. We were watching. Yes. Uh, but then there is that scene where Olive goes to Mrs. Griffith's office and she has that meltdown when she does that. Like, what do you want? And uh, yeah, I I did. I liked that there was yeah there was that kind of the that whole meltdown of her confessing you know, how this all relates to Olive and what she's done and just kind of having that cathartic moment. And I I did like that at the end of that monologue, she kind of says in tears, so he said it's you, I'm sorry. Like there's a... Yes. There There is something about her, her ability, and we've seen this with Valerie Cherish, like when she has to get real and has to get emotional, there's something she makes just like such, I think, really interesting choices it i think that scene i found that i got more out of it the the second time i watched it i was like oh yeah there's there's some real acting going on here um, Yeah, i i sorry to interrupt you no, yeah. go ahead sorry no yeah i mean i just i i think you know like line reading is like a real whore can, can't admit it to herself like there's a oh yeah that was good that i was good i liked um the darkness around that yeah yeah and and i think that's What's sometimes interesting about Lisa Kudrow and dramatic roles, and I've seen her in a couple other things where she's had to get kind of like this, it's it's like seeing Robin Williams in a dramatic role. It's so surprising that you can't help but yeah. notice it. All excellent points, too. I think maybe what I have to sort of decide is, it did I not like Lisa Kudrow's performance or did I just not like this character? And I mm. think maybe... It, it toggles that line. It might be like 60-40 or 70-30 that I just didn't like the character because I wanted her to be... I wanted her to be like the cool guidance counselor that dates the cool teacher. And then yeah. when it turns, 
I guess it maybe wasn't something that I was expecting. Um, but I, she has a lot of great lines. Like, I should know all the girls who are dressing like prostitutes. I do love when she says it was a butter knife, you know, which is a gateway knife. That yeah. sort of like cadence that she has in her voice. And, exactly. But I also yeah. love the line, he's not the sharpest Christian in the Bible. Like, that's mm-hmm. genius. I love that. Um, I think, th- th- honestly, if I'm going to be really specific with it, the one thing that I hated... And it was, I guess it is a script thing, is when she says, God damn, shit, God damn. It's like yeah. she's searching for the words. And I'm like, I, wa- I, wa- I know that, like, her whole world is crashing. And I'm assuming that's what they're trying to convey with, like, the, the, the text there, I guess. But um, I just wanted her to, like, find, I don't know. I wanted uh, yeah. her to be a little bit more grounded in that moment, even though I know it's not a grounded moment. Like, obviously, her, she's she's doomed you know like there's no she's not coming out of this like alive <laughs> not alive yeah. but you know what i mean it would have been nice to see a bit more beatrice straight in network at that moment you yes know? yes um, i i oh yes a little I, bit more there's of not it. a pause. is that what's left for me you know oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i i did appreciate this almost this kind of felt like a comeback reference was in her last scene uh, her last office scene with Olive when she says, who would you believe? Who would you believe? Who would you believe? Like she does that thing the same way that she does. Yes. Um, you know, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that. Like I, that, the way that she does it in the exact same way, I was like, oh, this feels very Valerie Cherish. I don't mind it, but it was the same kind of bit. Yeah, I would rather, I, 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 I saw that too. I would have rather... If I was the director, I would say, I love what you're doing with that. Can we can we try it where it's a little bit more self-destructive as far as like, who would you believe who would and like and have her fall in her chair or something uh-huh. like that? Like and that she can't even get the last one out because but it's it's also not that kind of movie. I'm just always right. wanting like a good talking through tears sort of moment. And she does get there. I I think I will have to watch that again and reassess. But um, I still love Lisa. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. still great. It's it's you know, it's like pizza. Even when it's not great, it's still pizza. It's still Lisa. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Um, <sighs> Lisa Pizza. Lisa Pizza Kudrow. Yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> so those are. I mean, I think those are the BSAs. Now, I guess the question would be, like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna bring it down to Stanley and Patricia. I'm, you know, I like to make it difficult Ooh. on this podcast. If you, if you had, to ha- if you had one award in your hand, if you had one, I have one photograph in my hand, Tyra. Whose is it? Who do you give the award <laughs> to? Oh, Colin, that's hard. I mean, yeah. this is not as difficult as, uh, you know, Laurie Metcalf and sure. um, Allison Janney. Uh, Allison yeah. Janney. That was the hardest decision I've yeah. ever made in my life. Yeah. Honestly, um, I'd say it's Patricia. It really is. Mm-hmm. Like I think, like. Um, maybe because I always go with like the who should win and who, uh, what is it? Who should win and who will win? Yeah. Um, I think actually they probably both fall for, but just because I always want to see trophies in Patricia Clarkson's hand, like absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I think that Stanley Tucci will begin, well, like he'll, he's, I feel like he'll win an Oscar like late in life. You know what I mean? Like, or if he doesn't, Mm. that's also fine because everyone respects and loves him. So, um, I just I think it's it goes to Patricia. How about yeah? You? I I would say the same. I think that like when I picture maybe this is the Westons, you know, and we're giving out these awards and Patricia wins over Stanley. I think that Stanley is going to be like when Olivia Coleman won the Oscar, and there's that shot 
after Olivia apologizes to Glenn, where they cut to Glenn in the audience, and she's just like sitting there smiling and, and yes. like, cocks her head, like, oh, oh, come on. I think that's what Stanley would do when Patricia wins uh, over him uh, in yes, our exactly. future imaginary award show. Uh, yeah, I think that we could have like maybe even best um, best parents in a best film. parents. You know, yeah, that, would, that way they both win and they give a charming speech. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea that Patricia Clarkson has made it into the ranks of BSA moms that we that we love. Oh queening yeah. Out on. Um, yes. It, yeah. I mean, uh, Allison Janney, Laurie Metcalf. I keep forgetting Brenda Fricker in my left foot. Talk about a yes. BSA mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I know Never we had talked about that like weeks ago. Of like, oh, who are the who are the the BSA moms? And yes. I thought, oh, she deserves the mention. She's so fucking good in that movie. Oh, remember Fiona Shaw in that movie? Oh, oh, oh God, that movie was heavy, but Jesus. There was some scene. Anyway. Uh, the restaurant scene. The, the restaurant, restaurant scene. scene. The restaurant scene. Oh, my <laughs> God. Uh, when And then when, when the mother, when she starts building the little work studio for Yes. Oh, oh my God. God. My She's incredible. Foot. She's incredible. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, congratulations, Patricia. Uh, this one's for you. Um, put it on your mantle next to your EDA nomination <laughs> certificate. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I know certificate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, great. Uh, well, that was fun. And thank you, uh, listener Stephen, for best supporting Stephen for making this recommendation. This was, you know, <clears throat> we all, we we typically are doing, you know, some some heavier movies. Like I think it's funny you were saying about Lisa Kudrow and kind of wanting a different delivery. And it's like, yeah, from the movies we typically do on this podcast, like those are the scenes that we like dig into. And so yeah. it was like remembering, oh yeah, Easy A is a little bit lighter than we typically yeah. cover and and doesn't make it better or worse but just kind of like what to expect from a movie like this so yeah just different uh but it was really fun and i am totally down to do more movies like this i mean you know i mean i guess we did adam's family values like we're not always just doing you know pritzy's honor which we haven't done <laughs> but you know. i know we haven't we haven't. <laughs> haven't even done yeah can't wait angelica yeah angelica um, <laughs> peggy um yeah so uh Let's let's move on to our final segment of the of the episode, which is of course our BSAs of the week, uh, which of mm-hmm. course is a performance or a person or an actor or a food or a thing or a song or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives. Um, so what do you what's what what do you got what do you got on the nominations panel? I just have a couple quick um, you know nominees here, and before I get to my BSA of the week. Um, our friend Kate suggested, and it's on Amazon Prime, um, Julia Child, um, oh. the, the show with um, Jacques Pepin. How do you say it? Pepin? Sure. Uh, P-E-P-I-N, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, it's called like Jacques and Julia, and it's um, it's lovely. I love cooking shows, so if anyone ever has any cooking show, please suggest it to me, because especially with Julia Child, I really never took the plunge, and I, I've seen a couple of clips of her, but I, she's really old in this series, so Jacques is kind of like her sous chef and kind of helps her along, and, you know, if she doesn't whisk fast enough he'll like kind of grab it and do the yeah. rest for her because she's a but bit of like a, a frankenstein by the by towards yes. the end of her career yeah yeah but it's lovely so i high recommend there i've only watched a couple episodes and i love how she messes up a lot too um mm. i just i really enjoy that about her i think that's kind of what separates her it kind of reminds me of Ina in a way because even though there is like this perfect package of Ina garden like she does 
Kate, like she's awkward and like is a little bit rough around the edges every once in a while. That's mm-hmm. part of the charm. Um, so there's that. Um, another video which I sent you, Colin, to is there's this interview of Cameron Diaz, Cammy D, Cammy D, talking about how much she loves RuPaul's Drag Race and how much she got into it this year uh, in like the year of 2020. And I just love hearing her talk about that. Yeah. Well, and it's like uh, and remembering like, oh yeah, Cameron Diaz. Like she's not really in movies anymore. It's we don't have occasions to see Cameron Diaz. So yes. Um. Yeah. Uh. You know. I granted. You know what occasion will top her Oscar-nominated performance in Gangs of New York? But uh, was she nominated for an Oscar? Or maybe it was Globe. just Golden Globe. Golden gonna, Globe as I was saying that, I was sure, like, yeah. "Oh no!" I was like, "That's Oscar nominee Cammy D. Come on now." Ugh, but we love her. Yeah. Um, and speaking of another like Cammy D energy too, have you seen? I don't have cable, and I don't know where to watch this, but I've seen clips of the Drew Barrymore show. I think I've watched a few minutes here and there, and I, I, I think it's, <laughs> it's magic. Yes, it's the kind of thing where at first it's like, this is a train wreck, and then it's like, oh, but I'm not getting off anytime soon. Like, it, it yeah, it, it, there was there was a real charm to it that came through. I would have expected this show to fail, and I think it's going to succeed despite itself. Oh, I want it to. There was a meme that came out the week of the election. Is like. <laughs> Someone said the election, the official election results are going to be announced on the Drew Barrymore show later this week. <laughs> and I was like, yes, please. Yeah. Um, but one one clip specifically that I really loved was she interviewed Chloe Fineman, who does an impression of right. Drew Barrymore. Right. Did I send that to you? No, but I think I saw that clip somewhere, but I didn't watch it. I just saw that it was posted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so lovely. And Drew is just like so um, game for it. She's like, mm-hmm. I just love you and I love everything you do. And I love so. And at the very end of the segment they they have chloe Feynman like intro like say like coming up and like the drew barrymore voice and it's perfect oh, and they're wow. socially distant i i will have to or find it or i'll send it to you i'll find it somewhere but um i need to figure out how to watch that i don't know yeah i don't know uh i because it seems great yeah um yeah the drew barrymore show i mean it's what an interesting era we're in where like the Ellen show is on the is on the descent and Drew yes. Barrymore is on the rise. Yeah. I mean, we got her. We have Kelly Clarkson. There's, yeah. there's a lot um, of ladies waiting in the wings. So that's that's great to see. Yeah. Um, but my BSA of the week that was just announced yesterday that I'm just so excited for is that Dan Levy is the sexiest man alive, Colin. Wow. I did not yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. Add that to where we are in 2020. Oh, my I God. love that i love him i think it's the perfect choice i have not seen the full like uh photo shoot spread of like all the pictures because normally it's like you know shirt off all greased up but i i I would imagine that's probably not the case with dan levy and no way is he like you know uh a slouch or anything like that too but like i love that that's not needed with him and i love that he's it's like a gay man and i just like what a year for him and what a great we keep texting each other and with Amanda too. It's just like, this is Biden's America. And it's, it's like the perfect, that's the perfect case of Biden's America. Absolutely. I mean, that trailer you sent, uh, what's the movie called? What was it called? uh, Let, let, let them talk. Let people talk. Um, Let them eat cake. Who knows? Let me look it up real quick as, as, as you're talking. A movie featuring Meryl Streep, Diane Weist, Diane Weist and Candace Candace Bergen Bergen. on a boat. Oh, my God. I think it's a limited series or something. Let me look this up. Oh, I thought it was just a movie. I think oh, is it a movie? I think it's an HBO Max movie. Yeah. 
uh, if it's a series, that's incredible. Like multiple episodes of Diane Weist being yes. let them all talk. Is let what them it's all called. talk. So that's something we're definitely going to talk about when oh, it comes out. Oh, we will. Yeah. Yes. yes. I also yes. would love to, and I haven't seen, I've only seen trailers, but speaking of Dan Levy, we maybe there's room to cover that movie Happiest Season that's coming out on Hulu. Oh, yeah. Kristen Stewart. What a, yeah. like, interesting, I, you know, I've made fun of her so many times for, like, Twilight films, but she really is coming She's like becoming this prestige actress of yeah. sorts, you know? It's very interesting to me. But yeah, Dan Levy plays the, uh, you know, doting gay best friend. A little bit of a hint of, you know, it, yeah. um, it, it's his David Rose. But I like yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but those might be, that might be fun to cover around the holidays. Yeah, uh, of course. Is, is Happiest Season. Yes, yes, yes. How about um, you, Colin? Well, I so I I took last week. I took Friday and Monday off, so I had a nice long four day weekend, which was much needed. And you know, typically, I like I feel like we we both can be like this, where there's so many things that are on our lists that we want to watch, and like, oh, I should see that. And then like, I don't know about you, but I just end up watching the same stuff I've already seen, and I just oh, don't. Yeah. I don't yes. want to exert the brain power to like watch something new. And I like pushed myself i was like like friday morning i was like oh it's such a lovely feeling of like oh there's nothing i have to do there's nowhere i need to be i can just settle in and i just watched movies all day and i i don't think i've done that in such a long time where it wasn't like i wasn't on my phone with a movie in the background i was literally just like watching and i watched so many things i watched a bunch of like old black and white movies uh i uh I watched this horror movie on Shudder, which is like Netflix for horror movies, called Spiral, uh, which was like a, um, it was sort of a, you know, this, this gay couple in the 90s moves to a new neighborhood in the suburbs and starts to get suspicious of their neighbors, that there's some kind of weird, you know, crazy, you know, conspiracy going on that's, you know, going to involve them. And it was just like... It, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman plays the lead and it was like really interesting to see basically like a final gay instead of a final girl in a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, um, I love that category. Yeah. Yeah. Final so that gay. was interesting. I also watched in terms of what would be fitting for us is I don't know if, have you heard of, and it came out a few years ago, the HBO miniseries Olive Kitteridge? Yes, I have not watched it. I have not watched it yet, but I read the book. I own the book. You read the book? book. Oh my God. It's a Pulitzer Prize winning book. Um, I loved the book and I started watching it one day, but I... I just had something else to do. I wasn't ready for it, but I, I know, Fr- I mean, I, I know Lady Watch has sung its praises of Frances McDormand and so many other, oh gosh, performances in there, but go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. it's, you know... I watched the whole thing. It's basically, you know, four hours. And I watched the whole thing back to back. And um, it was, you know, what's interesting is you kind of don't like all of the entire four hours or maybe yeah. like four hours and three and, and 50 minutes of the movie, three hours and 50 minutes where it was just like, oh, she's such a fucking curmudgeon. And I mm-hmm. just wanted to warm up. And like, I know that that's all kind of like, that's just, you know, part of her character. Frances McDormand is great. It's worth mentioning that Anne Dowd is in it in a very <gasps> small role. Uh, she appears okay. in in the first three of the four episodes. And she's, it's funny, she's just, uh, she is Olive, she and her husband are couple friends with Olive and her husband. And so we see them at like 
a funeral together. We see them at dinner together, but we don't get like many like dedicated scenes with Mm -hmm. Anne's character, Bonnie, but it's kind of fascinating to be like, Oh my God, there's like a totally underused Anne Dowd. Um, No. Yeah. But I would say like who I really loved is Zoe Kazan. Yes. Uh, Yes. Yes. She in particular, the first episode has glasses. Oh, with those glasses. And she has that whole scene where, where the three of where she and the other, kid who work at the pharmacy and uh mr kitteridge are all like having lunch richard, to- richard jenkins richard yeah. jenkins is fabulous yeah he's uh, great. they're all he's having great. lunch together and she just has this this scene that is so sandy dennis and who's afraid of virginia wolf it's so good and so funny and like just stole the movie in that scene um mm. so it's yeah olive kitteridge is a lot it's heavy uh Olive is is a curmudgeon, but yes. by the end of it, I was like, wow, that was like a, I spent a significant period of time in this woman's life. That was interesting. Yeah. So, um, and then one other thing I saw that had Dan Levy in it was this HBO movie called Coastal Elites, which is five monologues that are, you know, all set in 2020. It's all very like, you know, filmed, you know, in quarantine. Uh, and it's kind of like five different American perspectives of, of what people would call coastal elites. So like Bette Midler plays this like middle-aged Jewish woman who, you know, gets arrested for attacking a guy with a MAGA hat. And uh... um, Dan Levy is this actor in Hollywood who's struggling with being asked to like gay it up for a character and kind of sure. put that on. And uh, Issa Rae is in it. She plays this like former sorority sister of Ivanka Trump. And, um, oh, I'm blanking on who. Oh, Sarah Paulson uh, has this whole thing where she's like doing, you know, guided meditations and then she breaks and just starts talking about what's going on in her life. And then Caitlin Deaver plays uh, an ER nurse in like April in New York. And so that's cool. I've not even heard of this. Yeah, Yeah. it was it was interesting. You know, I uh, I actually think, you know, of the five of them, I was Bette Midler was probably the best. And at first I did not like her at all. I was like, oh, this is such a performance like this is such like I, I felt like I was in a theater and she was like saying lines or jokes that like older people in a theater would knowingly laugh at, yes you yeah. know uh but she ends up really like digging into it and and really disappearing into the role and so i would say if anything uh it's worth watching but i think in particular bet midler's was and actually sarah paulson's was really good uh but bet midler's is the first one if you want to just invest 20 minutes it's yeah. it's a pretty good bet midler performance. what was it called again i'm sorry coastal elites coastal elites all right, writing that, putting it on the list. Put it on the list. <laughs> uh, and then the, what I would say is my actual BSA of the week is, I guess, under all of these would fall under the header of just self-care. Um, I just got a Peloton bike. Uh, <gasps> Colin, yay. Yeah. And so I got that on Thursday of last week, and so I've been loving that. Just having physical exercise in my life again is doing my brain yeah. a world of good. Um I also bought a light box to do like, you know, shine the, the light on you for 10 minutes a day and get a little vitamin wow. D. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, and that seems to be helping. And I'm also started doing like, I, I don't know, somewhere between like a week and two weeks ago, I started intermittent fasting. Yes, um, yes. So I'm doing all well. the things. I'm doing Good. all the stuff. Good for I, you. Like, That's awesome. Yeah. I just feel like I'm getting some, the grabbing the reins of my life a little bit and, and of my mental health and it feels great. So... Um, so yeah, so I guess, yeah, best supporting Peloton. 
and yeah, company. You're a Peloton bitch. I am a Peloton <laughs> bitch, ready for the runway. Yeah. I've toyed with it. I feel like it's like the, you know, it's the George Foreman grill of like exercise equipment. It's like everyone's yes. getting one and yes. it seems to be really and really all I know who are getting it are the, you know, the gals and the gays. I don't know any mm-hmm. straight man who has a Peloton bike. If you do, great. But great. I feel like it is mainly women and gay men. Yeah, it's uh it it definitely I mean, it was expensive, but it's like, I'm not going to have a gym yeah. membership anytime soon. And yeah, especially going in the winter months, like that's right? perfect. I'll yeah. have to just like walk down the hall from my bedroom and get on the bike. So that's awesome. It's, it's incredible. So, so that's all. Those are my BSAs of the week. Um, Yay. And it seems like it's about time for us to get played off. So play us off and we're being play played off. off. Here we are. Uh, so uh, where can folks find more of you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Nick Kochanov. And how about you, Connor? Well, of course, you can find more of me on All Right, Mary. Uh, we have finished Drag Race Holland, and for the time being, are taking a break from Drag Race. Uh, yes. So probably not doing season 13. We're definitely not doing Drag Race Spain or España. I couldn't was... believe that was announced. Uh, I was like, oh, my goodness. I, I mean, just... great, great. Great. But, but also, I... like... I texted There's Johnny. There's not enough energy in the world to cover every yeah. franchise of this. Yeah, I was like, as they say in Spain, no. So we, uh, <laughs> we're, I just don't have it in me. But uh, also uh, in the details, still doing more of that. You know, celebrations of nuance and acting choices. Uh, and of course, you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore, and you can get more of us in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod. And you can also email us at thebsapod at gmail.com with any future suggestions or recommendations. I'm like, we don't we don't know all the BSA performances out there, so let us know. Yeah. It could be a gem that we just don't know. Yeah. This was an to audience recommendation and was a, a smashing success. So Yeah, more to come. Yeah. Um, well, uh, of course, a, a big thank you to Emma Stone. Yes. To Lisa Kudrow to Thomas Hayden Church of Wings fame. Yeah, Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes, <laughs> you know. Sure. Uh, come back. Come back to us. Stanley um, Tucci. We, we, did, we almost forgot him. The Tooch. The Tooch mm. and Patricia. Patricia and the Tooch. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That was a nice ring to it. Patty and the Tooch. There we go. Ooh, Pat- I love that. Patty yes, and the yes, Tooch. Yes. I almost want to call this episode Patty and the Tooch and Easy A. <laughs> <laughs> Even Patty and Stanley sound like a nice warm, Patty and like, Stanley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, I'll great. work on it. Um, yeah. And uh, and that, as they say, is that. 